Okay, so I am going to start now, and uh, we are continuing this series, which is called This Is Not The End. And so, well, basically, we're going through the, the walk of Jesus towards the cross. And so we started with him talking to his disciples, saying that he's about to die, saying that he's going to sacrifice himself, uh, saying that they would be scattered, saying that they would deny, saying that they would do all of these things uh, because they would be scared. And most of them were like, no, Jesus, you're not going to die. Like, none of this is going to happen. Not that they were calling him a liar, obviously, but they had seen so much uh, amazing power and, and miraculous healing and everything from him. They just could not imagine uh, anything like that happening to him, even though he said it. Uh, also, at the time, they believed the Messiah, everybody believed the Messiah was going to be a warrior king and like bring peace on earth and a kingdom on earth. And so, again, sometimes we have these thoughts and ideas that we grow up thinking are true or that we uh, learn at some point are true, and then later on, when we find out they're not, it's still hard to let those go. There's actually a lot of scientific evidence that the first news story somebody sees, they believe, even if something down the line contradicts it, because you keep remembering that. Um, we also talked about how he prayed last week. Like, he knows he's about to die. He knows he's about to be betrayed. He knows that he's about to be hurt beyond imagination, and yet he prayed for the disciples. He prayed for us. He prayed for everything to to help other people like instead of praying for his own life he prayed for theirs um, and this week we're going to talk about where he's actually betrayed and arrested and this is John 18 1 through 11 uh, after saying these things Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees Judas the betrayer knew this place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples the leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. Now with blazing torches, lanterns, and weapons, they arrived in the olive garden. At the olive grove. I really messed that up. At the olive grove. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, olive garden is a bad place. That's where Judas went. Um, but so basically what is happening here is Jesus has just gotten done praying. And uh, he is with his followers, his disciples. He knows this is about to happen. Judas knows it's a place of peace. He knows that he's there praying. He knows everything that is happening. He's just sold himself, sold his soul, sold Jesus uh, to the Pharisees who send him with Roman soldiers. Um, this is amazing for a lot of ways. Like for one, Judas, I think when we talk about him, when we hear about him, we just picture him as the villain. Like we just think, oh, Judas, he's a betrayer. Oh, Judas, he did this. And that's true, but... It's not like he just appeared and did this. He had been with Jesus for three years. So this is like you've been really close friends or family with someone for three years, and then they betray you. So this is a big deal. This is not just some guy. This is not just like how the Pharisees didn't like him because he was uh, teaching love. This is Judas walked with him and saw him heal and, and shared meals with him and, and, and did all kinds of things uh, where, where they were together and they were friends. And like it's closer even than our friendships because like, three years every day together walking around. They couldn't drive in cars. They didn't really have other homes. And so they were together. And so this is a big thing. And so when the disciples saw him, I don't know what exactly went through their minds, but they probably were like, well, here comes Judas. He's with soldiers and Pharisees. This probably isn't great. We knew somebody was going to betray us, but they still probably couldn't bring themselves to believe that one of their brothers, despite his fallings, uh, one of their brothers would actually betray Jesus like that. And so he comes up. And the other thing that is amazing in this, and, and sad in a way, um, he's got a bunch of soldiers who are armed. Never once in the entire 30, 33 years Jesus was alive before this, 
especially during the three years of his ministry. Never once did he do anything violent. Never once did he have a weapon. Never once did he promote that. And so this would be like a bunch of soldiers going to arrest Mr. Rogers with like armed to the teeth. It's like it doesn't make any sense because he's not a violent guy. And so Jesus wasn't a violent guy. But they were so scared. Because even though they didn't believe in him, they kind of believed in him. And even though the Pharisees said he's not legit, they're like, yeah, you probably ought to go and be ready because we're going to tell you he's not legit, but he might be legit. And so it really shows how everybody was so scared of Jesus, even though all he would done, had done was love, even though all he had done is heal, even though all he had done was help, even though all he had done is teach. And they still just came in force and showed such disregard for everything else. Going to the next part. Uh, Jesus fully realized all that was going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for, he asked. Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. Once more he asked them, who are you looking for? And again they replied, Jesus the Nazarene. Uh, I told you that I am he, Jesus said, and since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement. I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. So again, this shows who Jesus is. And it shows why when we're told to be like Jesus, we look at things like this and the things he taught and the things he does, did, and we should be like that. So if anybody else, anybody else in the history of time, the greatest Christian you can think of, the nicest person you can think of, in this situation, knowing they are about to be arrested and killed, uh, would at the very least at the very best, I guess, kind of stand back a bit. Like they wouldn't jump up and say, hey, it's me. Now, I'm not saying that everybody would run away, although a lot of people would run away and be like, hey, you know, you can't catch me type of thing. But at the very best, most people would at least stand in the back and wait and see why they're there or wait and see if this is really happening or wait and see if there was a way out. Jesus immediately stepped to the front. He immediately stepped to the front and said, leave my people alone. Leave my followers alone. Leave these men alone. Even though you're here, even though you have all of these weapons, even though you're going at them, leave them alone and just take me. And that shows, again, who he is. It shows why he's doing this. It shows that he knows it's going to happen, but he shows that he loves everyone so much that he jumped in front of them to, to take the bullet, so to speak. And, and it again shows who he is and how even though people were saying they don't believe in him, how much they actually kind of believed in him because all of the soldiers, as soon as he said, yeah, I'm Jesus, they jumped back. And like they jumped back so far, they kind of fell down, which made them feel silly, I'm sure. But it, 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 they were scared because, again, whether or not they'd seen him themselves, they knew what he'd done. They knew he had multiplied uh, bread and fish. They knew that he had raised someone from the dead. They knew he'd healed people. They knew he'd done all of these things. And so in their heads, they're like, he can do some stuff. Like, he's got power. He can stop us if he wants. And they fell back. And then, again, he's like, hey... I'm here. I'm not going to do anything but go with you. Please leave them alone. Please let them be okay. And this shows who he is. So often, every day probably as a Christian, we say be like Jesus. Every church service of every church in the history of time says, you know, be like Jesus. But so often we get it wrong because so often we get so judgy and so hateful and so angry over people being different than us, over people thinking differently than us, that we forget that this is who Jesus is. He stood up strong. He still told the truth and he still lived out his faith and he still did everything right but he showed love and he talked about peace and hope and all of these things and he put himself in danger for other people um he, he put himself out there to save other people he cared about other people more than he cared about himself and that's who we should be uh it, it, it 
can be hard in this world because we see all of the negative news stories and we know all of the bad stuff that happens. I'm sure that you guys in your schools can, can think of people who are not nice and who bully or who uh, eat a lot of donut holes and don't share with anybody else or do all of these different things to just really hurt people and don't care about anybody but themselves. And, and you see that and you're like, well, how in the world could I love them? Or why should I have to put up with this? And again, I'm not saying put up with abuse. I'm not saying put up with somebody being a jerk to you all the time. But we don't respond in the way that, that the world responds. We respond with hope, with love. And if you have to walk away from a situation, that's fine. If you have to cut people out of your life, that's fine. But do so like Jesus did. Uh, care about other people. Care about uh, yourself, yes, but care about other people, about how you can do better, about how you can grow. Last part of the scripture. Then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. But Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into its sheath. Uh, shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? So a couple weeks ago in big church on Sunday morning, I preached about Peter. And I talked about the fact that him and Judas kind of both betrayed Jesus uh, in different ways, but, but they both betrayed Jesus. The big difference is that Judas never asked for forgiveness and he killed himself and Peter accepted the forgiveness he was given, and then moved forward and built churches and did all these things. But Peter actually went a step beyond Judas and not only betrayed Jesus, not only betrayed Jesus by denying him three times, by saying he doesn't even know him, by pretending he's not a part of it, but he also betrayed what he stood for here. And you could argue this is worse than what both of them did because Judas was selfish and he did it, but Jesus knew it was going to happen. And yeah, it's awful and it's bad. And, and for most of us, it would seem unforgivable. But for, for Judas, and I'll, I'll make this argument real quick. What he did was wrong, obviously. I'm not going to argue it wasn't. What he did was evil. I'm not going to argue it isn't. I think that in some ways, he believed in Jesus more than any of the other disciples. And by that, I mean, I think that he thought he had it going. He thought he had a, a, a winning bet. He's like, I think, and you know, I don't know him. We were in different grades in school. But he's like, I think, I think that if I betray him and I get the money for this, he's going to be fine because I just saw him raise Lazarus from the dead and I just saw him walk on water and I know he's perfect and I know he's God and so I don't have to worry about anything happening to him so I'm going to make the money, they're going to try, he's not going to die because he's never going to die and then everything's going to be okay. So in some ways, I think Judas actually saw Jesus a little clearer than everybody else but obviously it was, it was shattered in the way that he looked at him and his heart was in the wrong place and he didn't care about anything but I think he really thought... And I think this is why he ended up killing himself. I think he really thought that he was going to get away with everything by Jesus escaping, by Jesus being powerful, by Jesus winning, and by him getting the money for it. Like, I really think he thought that. And so, again, he betrayed him, and there's no way around that. But I think Peter right here betrays him more. Because Peter was called the rock of the church. And Jesus said, you're going to be kind of the leader of the disciples. When I go, you're going to step up. And Peter had his issues. He always was trying, though. But in this moment... Whereas everything Jesus said was love God, love others, show love to people, help people, heal people, bring people back from the dead. Like everything was about peace and hope and love and joy and all of this. And Peter pulls out a sword and attacks someone, which is the exact opposite. So he betrayed everything Jesus had said to him, everything Jesus had in store. And yet Jesus still forgave him and he fixed the guy's ear and he took care of things. But it shows that so often we can get caught up this is what I think is right, and so I don't care what everybody else thinks. This is what I think is uh, how everybody should be, and so I want everybody to be in this box, and we get caught up in that. 
uh, one of the hard things is when you know that you're living the right way, like you know that you've got the right faith and you know that Jesus is legit and other people turn away from that, it can be really hard. And it can be really hard when people treat you like garbage and when people do the wrong thing and when people say the wrong thing and when people are just cruel and people are unjust and all of these things. And so we can get really caught up in the Peter stuff where it's like, I want to get my sword and I want to really make them see that Jesus is love. Think about that again for a second. I really want to yell them into thinking that Jesus is love. Like, I really want to prove myself right so much, which is the key. We sometimes want to be right more than we want to help people. Like, we sometimes want to seem right. We want people to see us as right more than we want them to see Jesus. And again, I'm not saying just put up with everything. I'm not saying that everybody has the same. I'm, I'm saying that we have to show what Jesus showed here. Where when things are down, he stood up for other people. And when someone tried to fight for him and do the wrong thing, he said, no, not even now. Not even now. This is not what I'm about. I'm about helping people. I'm about healing people. I'm about loving people. And that is one of my favorite stories in the Bible and of this whole Easter story. Because it shows all of these things where he gets betrayed twice in like two minutes by people that were super close to him. Uh, this again is like if the person sitting next to you on the couch, although I guess some of you don't have people on the couch or know people next to you. If the person on the couch betrayed you like tomorrow, like in a really bad way, you're going to be hurt by that. Especially, I guess, Christine and Ryan. But you're going to be hurt, and Micah and Rob. You're going to be hurt by that. And this is happening to Jesus right now. And I think just about everybody, after both of these betrayals, would have been like, Peter, you never get this right. Judas, how could you do this? But he's just like, okay, this is bad. And you guys are going to have to come to, to terms with this. But I am going to protect my people. I am going to show who I am, even in the worst times. I am going to show who I am, even when things are down. Because it's really easy to love people when you're happy. And it's really easy to, to show joy and, and to be happy when your team is winning or when school is going well or when you, you, uh, things are going well in your relationship, your family, your home. It's really hard if for some reason you like Purdue, which I don't know why you would, and you lose to a 16 seed. Like, it'd be really hard then to show joy. It's really hard if somebody hurts you. It's really hard if things are hard. It's really hard if you have financial problems. It's really hard if you can't get a job. It's really hard if you feel alone. But that's when it's most important to do it. And again, it's not saying don't feel pain. It's not saying don't be a human because you should. But it's saying when Jesus was, was being treated worse than almost anybody has ever been treated, definitely worse than anybody has ever been treated, he still showed who he is and what he stood for and then calls us to do the same. And that's all we have to do is try our best to be like him. Try our best to show love. Try our best to stand up for what's right. Try our best to show who we can be even when things are bad because he is with us every step of the way. That's all I got.